This is the Kawabui Show. Kawabui is an author, international speaker, and entrepreneur. He started his first business selling music CDs in high school at the age of 16. He then went on and built several businesses. He is the founder of River Design, a marketing company that helps businesses get more exposure online and offline. He has appeared on TV, radio, newspaper, and magazines from around the world. He has written and published several books and created various products. Kawabui is also an international speaker, corporate trainer, and speaks on topics of business, entrepreneurship, motivation, health, marketing, and online business. You could check out his blog site at www.kowa-bui.com. And now, your host, Mr. Kowa Bui. Mr. Kowa Bui. Okay, hi guys. It's uh, Kwa here. And uh, today I'm very, um, I'm very excited to have a very special guest here today. Um, his name is Adam Hudson. And Adam, he is a serial entrepreneur who built, his, uh, who built and sold several multi-million dollar companies in Australia and in the United States as well. Uh, today, Adam is highly regarded Amazon thought leader, sharing his experience and has led him to establish a seven-figure business with no employees, no warehouses, and the freedom to work on other projects. So welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks. Nice to be here. Quite lovely to have you have me. <laughs> no worries. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I'd just like to say that, yeah, I saw you speak at the, uh, success resources and, uh, yeah, it was amazing. You know, the crowds are cheering and, um, yeah, I can see that you're really passionate in this industry as well. So, um, but maybe we'll just get started with back your background just in case people don't know. So I grew up in Australia and, uh, very early on the first time somebody explained to me what an entrepreneur was, I knew that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to have agency over my own life. Now, when you're 17 years old or 18 years old, you don't have any resources. So, um, but once I started to put that vibe out there, you know, things started to happen. And the first business I ever tried was actually Amway. Amway, okay. <laughs> and somebody said, hey, how would you like to have your own business? And I was like, yeah, that's fantastic. I would love to do that. And um, what was great about Amway was it got me reading. So I started reading The Magic of Thinking Big and started to, I got exposed to personal development for the first time, which was awesome. Um, and so that sort of led me on a, a bit of a journey. And, um, uh, you know, not long after, I, I, I tried a few different businesses, but I stumbled across my first uh, business that became a success when I was 20 years old or 21. And... Um, I have not had a job since I was 23. I've been self-employed in one form or another since that time. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, so you just mentioned that, uh, so you started off with Amway and then you got into, thanks to Amway, <laughs> you got into personal development and you're reading a lot about thinking grow rich. And uh, yeah, so how about like the books that influenced you the most? Uh, what, what would you say? Like you just mentioned there was thinking grow rich and uh, was there any other books that, that really influence you the most when you're starting up the magic of thinking big by it's david or douglas schwartz the magic of thinking big was one of the first books i ever read i think that was the first book that amway gave me the magic of thinking big um but i think over the years i've read tons and tons and these days you have podcasts and so on but some must reads i think are the one thing by gary keller is amazing especially in the world we live in now about focus um, Seth Godin, read everything Seth has put out. Purple Cow, The Dip, Icarus Deception, All Marketers Are Liars. Everything that Seth has written is worth reading. Um, uh, you know, um, there's just so many good books out there. The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, Tony Robbins' books, Awaken the Giant Within. All of those are just phenomenal reads. Uh, Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. These are all classics, but they are they're just essential reading from good to great. Um, there's just so many, but just read, you know, and reading pod, excuse me, reading and podcasts are just so available today and they, they are what's going to make you in the long run. I was also in, in regards to podcasting, I was listening to a podcast that you, um, that you were on the other day and um, you were talking about how you turned, um, how your life changed when you went to Bali. I think you did, you went to Bali and there was a bit of a reflection point there where you, you made the decision where you wanted to switch over to a proper, you know, a scalable business. And I think that's when, when you came across the, the idea you really wanted to separate yourself from, from, you know, service type of business to scaling up and, you know, freeing, freeing yourself up. So could you share us a bit about that? 
Yeah, I think you put that very nicely. I think other people would put it as a midlife crisis. <laughs> so, um, you know, I got to, I got to, uh, yeah, I was living and working in Los Angeles and I'd been an entrepreneur for 20 years and um, Los Angeles was getting the better of me. I, I love the city. I had an amazing time there, but it was just too intense. But I guess I really got to, you know, when you get to 40, you sort of get to that hump in the middle of the road in your life where you've got, you know, potentially as much in, um, more behind you than you have in front of you. And you really start to take inventory of what you're doing in your life. And it happened to me right on around that, that, that age of 40, 41. Um, I started to go, dude, what are you doing? Um, why are you doing it? Where is this taking you? And... Um, so I was in LA and I was like, you know, I'm selling time still. Um, it was my time and the time of the people that I was employing. I was in a service business and um, I was running four companies and I pretty much had a breakdown, like a, a mild nervous breakdown. I was suffering acute anxiety, um, panic attacks were um, happening multiple times a day badly. Um, and I just... You know, that's your body and your, and your heart telling you you're not doing the right thing, right? It's, it's pretty simple. And it was time to listen to that. And uh, I knew I wanted to move back to Australia. And I don't know if the listeners can see, but right now I'm sitting here at home on the beach watching the waves come in. And that was where my heart and spirit wanted to be. And I went to Bali um, as part of my recovery. I still owned the animation company in Hollywood and my other companies back there, but um, I needed an intervention because I was working just way too much and not on things that were filling my soul. So as part of my recovery, I went to Bali and I did a retreat called Surf Life Retreat, which was basically um, uh, teaching you how to find your life's purpose and calling and just to hit the pause button and just really take stock of you your life and what you're doing and what where you're heading and as a result of that I, I said I need to leave LA I need to move back to Australia and live on the beach I need to get out of the animation business and I need to do something that's helping people in a more meaningful way and I actually sold the animation company while I was on this tiny little island <laughs> off the valley um, I had brokers that wanted to list the business they said we got buyers who would love to buy that business and I'd always said no I rang them from the island and said, it's on the market, here's how much I want. And before the retreat was over, I had two written offers for more than I was asking, um, wow. two competing offers. So I was in a pair of board shorts, no shirt, no shoes, nice. signed the contract, went back to the US, picked up a check and made plans to move back to Australia. And I bought this home I'm sitting in now with some of the proceeds from that exit. And um, I was in a very different place very quickly and I realized that all this time I had this latent potential in my life by selling my business and freeing up the equity and the cash flow that was there. Um, well, not the cash flow, but the equity component and really changed my life. And I did. And um, so that's, that's what sort of got me on the path that I'm on now. And I'd been running my Amazon business for four years already at that time. Mm. So I started that four years earlier when I first moved to LA and I thought, what was I going to do? And then I decided to teach because I love teaching. Mm. And so that's when I started teaching and then the, the, it all just took off from there. I also sort of noticed that um, yeah, you just recently moved to, to the Palm Beach as well in Brizzy over there. Um, yeah, so I, I live in a place called Broad Beach at the moment on the Gold Coast, which I think is one of the most beautiful places in the whole world. Yeah, I've seen great. a lot of the world. <laughs> um, I love the Gold Coast. I think it's an underrated city. Um, and as I said, I bought this place when I moved back from the States and I uh, am currently just finishing construction on a, on a new home uh, in a development that I bought into. It's a boutique building. Uh, I'm not constructing it. It's being built uh, by Hutchies, but it's a, a big half floor spot right on the sand, no road in front. So I'm moving in in uh, two, about two months, eight weeks away, I think. So I'm super excited about that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving life. I was listening to um, your IG story this morning and you mentioned that the quality of your life determines the quality of your questioning. I thought that was a really good quote that you said this morning too. So could you share a bit about what your thoughts are behind that? Yeah, it's actually a Tony Robbins quote oh. and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's the inverse. It's the quality of your questions will determine the quality of your life. And so, you know, when you dig into that a little bit, most of the thoughts we have every day are repeat thoughts. 
they're what we think about over and over and over. And they're usually questions. So oftentimes people will walk down the street and they'll go, why don't I look like that girl? Or why don't I look like that guy? Why don't I have more money? Why is life so hard? And we, we don't even think about consciously those questions running in our head. And those questions are all shitty questions, right? Yeah. Like, why don't I have enough money is not going to give you a great answer. A much better an a question would be, how can I make a million dollars a year working two days a work, uh, two, two days a week from home doing something I would have so much fun doing that I would do it for free. Yeah. So that is a really extended, juicy, quality question that is infinitely solvable. Human beings are so resourceful and so smart that what limits us is the quality of the question that we set for ourselves. Most people are are the walking dead. They're, they're literally not conscious. Mm. They're going through their life. They're going through the motions. They have zero self-awareness about what's going on for them. Yeah. And uh, that's where personal de development and going to events like you saw me at and reading books and podcasts, mm. that's the nexus of taking uh, steps towards being more self-aware. And once you're more self-aware, the very, very first thing is to catch what you're thinking because what you're thinking is going to lead to your actions and your actions are going to lead you to results. So thought is the nexus of your future self. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what questions do you have running on repeat? Me, how can I make a shit ton of money doing things I absolutely love with people that I love? And that is on repeat in my brain. And because of that, that's why I have the results I have. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay, so before I get into the Amazon business, um, what you just mentioned just then is I think it's extremely important. Um, you just touched on it a bit where... You're thinking big you're changing the quality of your questions and in a way you're training your thoughts um, but I can imagine that there's a lot of people who you know they want to start a business they want to start they, they hear you speaking about the Amazon business and then they want to you know they quit the nine-to-five and stuff but how do they get to that level of overcoming that fear of you know controlling their, their, their mind and, and you know thinking as big as, as, as what you've just done as well how do they get over that you mentioned a bit about podcasting but there's, there's gotta be some way to to get on track to that, not just listen to a whole bunch of, of podcasts and, and, you know, read books. Is there one thing that... What, what, are, the, yeah, what are the steps, right? Yeah. So, and by the way, Quav, don't feel we have to get on the Amazon stuff. I'm happy not to talk about Amazon. If people <laughs> like it. I love the, the stuff with, and I love the business side. I really want to get into it, you know, everything. Yeah. Because this stuff here is really what it's all about. And I'm here to help people. I don't give a shit whether people go to Amazon or go to their own business. That's fine. Um, I just want to help people. So your question is, where do you actually start? So you've got a job, you've got yeah. no money. How do you overcome the fear? Well, first of all, with self-awareness is testing. Like if you go to Tony Robbins' early work, uh, unleash the giant within or awaken the giant within or unleash power. power what is it? Power, um, um, he's got two very early ones. Yeah, awaken yeah. the giant within and unleash the power or something like that. Yeah. But I think it's the second one, Awaken the Giant Within. It's been years since I've read it now. But he talks about... Was it what unlimited is it? power? Unlimited power. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So um, he talks about testing um, beliefs, right? So a lot of people's fear is, a, is unjustified, right? If you're listening to this podcast in Australia or New Zealand or America, you know, these are countries that you have to be pretty disciplined and committed to die of starvation. Right, it's it takes a real committed effort. Um, <laughs> we're so we're so wealthy. Even the poorest person working at McDonald's is still wealthy by global standards. They go home to a warm home with a fridge that's got food in it. Right. Um, so it, you know, so we we're we're in pretty good shape to start with. And if we lost our job and had no income, it's not the end of the world. It's not fatal. But because of very, very early programming in our life by our well-meaning parents and school teachers and all of this, we fear this idea of failure, which what, what is it really, right? You, you, you do it tough for a little bit. You take a shitty job you don't like, but you're still okay. You're not in prison. You're not starving. You're not on the street, right? So the first thing to realize is when you're starting out, you have nothing really to lose. You, you, the worst thing is you have to get another job or you lose the job or you lose that little bit of money that you have when you're first starting. You have to, as Gary Vee says, 
play full offense mode early on. You can't play defense and win. You have to play offense to win um, when, you're, when you're a scrapper, right? I'm a scrapper. I come from a working class family. And you have to accept that you, it's not like people, everyone's trying to avoid failing, right? Let me give you the tip. There is no avoiding failing. If you want to learn to get in the boxing ring, right? If you go take boxing lessons, one thing they teach you is how to take a punch early on. Because the fear is you're going to get punched in the face, right? So they punch you in the face quite a few times and go, see, it's not so bad, is it? And you go, actually, it's not that bad. My head does move back and the glove slides off your skin. It's not as bad as I thought, right? And once you're used to getting punched in the face, then you get on with the, the pursuit of learning to box. And it's the same with entrepreneurship. Trying to not fail is, is just playing defense and you'll never win playing defense. You have to lead with your chin and go, I'm in the ring, hit me, teach me what I don't need to know because books will only take you so far. It is not until you actually start a real business, which you will probably fail at, right? That you will learn the most important lessons and then you'll start another business. You'll probably fail at that again. You start another business, you'll probably fail at that again. In my first 10 years, I failed at pretty much everything, right? Except one business. I made, yeah, I made one business that I sold out of. I sold it for 300000 or so when I was 24. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the businesses around it ultimately failed, right? All the other little schemes and ideas and things that I did, I just was a series of failures. But that, that's where all the lessons were in iterating, right? Learning, iterating, iterating. Australia just cuts down people who have a try and lose and we need to move past that. You know, in America, you haven't really graduated as an entrepreneur if you haven't failed. Nobody takes you seriously if you haven't failed. Like, I don't trust people who haven't failed. That just is somebody who hasn't tried, right? Um, so you've just got to get to that point where you go, I can read books all I want, but sooner or later, I've got to put my big boy pants on or my big girl pants on and I've got to get my credit card or I'm going to save up 10 grand and I'm going to have a crack at something knowing that I'll probably lose, right? Mm. And if you can accept those odds and go, okay, but what does losing mean? Losing means, oh, I can go get a job. I can beg Qua to, to pay me a few dollars to edit his podcast and it'll just keep food on the table. Mm. But, you know, you're not going to die, right? Yeah. It's not fatal. It's just you, you eat shit for a while. Okay, yeah. next. And the upside, is, the, the upside is you get to live here one day yep. Yep. and never have to worry about money again. That's the upside. But if you keep eating shit long enough and then everyone looks at my career now and they go, you're so successful. All that success came in the last, the last quarter of the game. The first three quarters of the game, I trailed big time. Yeah, it, it is true. Like what you just said it right there is the 10 years of, of failing. You, you're starting businesses, you're failing. No one saw that. And, you know, no one sees it on social media. But did, did, during that process of frustration, you're, you're losing... Um, getting punched in the chin and everything. Like, what did you do to stay, you know, motivated? It was a visualization of, you know, sitting, you know, living in a nice place by the beach. Was it that? Or because it, there's times when you just want to give up, right? It's, it's, it, you got to keep pushing. But did you, was there something that was pulling you to, to continue going forward? Or was there something else that you did? Did you just stay motivated listening to podcasts or what, what, what was it? Every, pretty much for most of my career, I've known exactly what I'm shooting for. So in my bathroom, in in the mirror on there is a piece of paper. It's about this big and has two sentences on it. And I wrote it, I wrote it in 2015 when I started Reliable Education saying, these are the two things that I want to achieve with this business. And they were, they were metrics, right? X number of students in various things. So that's my crystal clear focus. In my factory, well, I call it a factory. I bought it. Uh, we got a, a, a facility which has got two sound stages. We produce all that content mm. there on the Gold Coast. In 10-foot letters on the wall, it says the world's best Amazon training. So I have crystal clear goals that are out there for, for people to see and for myself, my more personal goals that are right here every day of what I'm aiming at. I am not... Most people aim at nothing and hit with amazing accuracy, right? So, so <laughs> they, just, goals. Yeah. they just don't have clear goals. Mm. And so all it takes is a diary and a pen and some quiet time. Get up at four in the morning one morning, light a candle and sit down and go, just 
first thing, when you're closest to spirit, when you've just woken up, there's no distractions, there's no one around you, and you have one question on there, which is, you know, if, if my life turned out amazing, what are all the things that I want to do? And you write them all down, and then you, pri- and then you move that big list that you just free flow for like an, for half an hour, right? Just get the pen moving. Start with, I, I want to have a six pack. I want this. I want to go to Spain. I want to go and party in Ibiza. I want to do whatever it is that you want to do. And then you just start moving them into, you put a timeline on them and they become goals and you prioritize them and they become your goals list. And then, and, and, and once you've got the goals written down, you would be shocked at how, these things just materialize. It's absolutely remarkable once you've got the goals because your brain is now asking questions. How do I get that goal? How much money does it require to fly to whatever it is you wanna do? Like one of my goals was to, to, to um, fly to New York City first class, stay in a particular hotel in a particular place and go see a Broadway show. Well, I did that, right? Mm-hmm. And, but my brain had to go, well, how much is a first class ticket? How much is that hotel per night? How do I make that much money? How do I have it the time? And, and where's, where's that going to happen? So you've just got to, you know, start there. Start with goals. Okay. And your job as an entrepreneur is then just to connect dots, is to create businesses that you say that and that, that's a problem and a market and then have a go at it. And then if you fail, then you learn. You never really fail, right? You either fail or you learn. Uh, you, you briefly just mentioned it as well. Is, it, is that your routine where you wake up at 4am and then you light a candle and then you write down your goals? Is that your, do you have like a, a morning ritual or anything like that or a daily thing where you follow consistently and then you've done that over the period of years and then you'll be able to attract, you know, these amazing, amazing things in your life? So my routine in the morning is the first thing I do when I get up is I go to my counter here and I have a glass of uh, purified water with Fresh, fresh lemon juice and a teaspoon of Himalayan pink salt. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's a great salt. Just curious. <laughs> uh, it's just better for you than oh, white okay. salt. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so Himalayan pink salt. I have mixed that up. Then I have a meditation cushion on the floor here. I open the windows and I meditate for 20 minutes um, to just set the intention for my day to connect with the, uh, the ocean, I open the windows because I, I think you've got to get outside as soon as you can in the morning. Mm. And whenever I'm feeling, and then after that, I will then um, uh, do some exercise uh, or I'll do the exercise first, then the meditation, one or the other. Sometimes I just switch it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get into my day. I try not to have any meetings before 10 a.m. in the morning. That morning time is sacred to me because I'm a morning person and I'll get most of my work done before lunchtime. Um, so... Uh, that, that's sort of my routine. And if I'm losing my way or I need to get some important work done, that's when I pull out the 4 a.m. Now, I don't do it often. I'm a big advocate of work-life balance, but I just find if you need to get needle-moving results happening in your life, if you're in a job and you don't have the time, then read The One Thing by Gary Keller and get up at 4 a.m. one day a week for a month. And I swear to you, in the time from 4 till 7 in the morning before you'd have to do other stuff, those three hours, if you did that once a week for a couple of months, your life would be in a completely different place. Like, honestly, like the way you would think, what you would get done, the amount you can get accomplished in those first three hours a day, why would you give the best three hours to someone else? Give them to yourself, right? And plan for your future and take actions. Like right now I'm building uh, two brand new software companies. I've got another software company that's just about to launch. We've spent 200 grand over six months in development. And I've got eight companies in total, but my important work gets done first thing in the morning before the urgent things, which are usually just day-to-day shit that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's excellent. So uh, four to seven in the morning and I uh, recommend to read the, the one thing by, um, what was it? Uh, Mr. Keller? Gary Keller. Gary, Gary Keller. Keller with a K. Awesome. K-E-L-L-A-R. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So, um, so also uh, you, you, you're talking about, the Amazon business as well. Like when I saw you speak at the success resources, um, what really attracted me was that this type of business is that you can build it from home and um, anyone can pretty much get into it. Like people in a nine to five or, or people who just have a lot of time as well. So could you tell us why is it Amazon such a great business to get into? Well, the reason I love it, um, Kwa, is because 
I think it's a pure, honest business in terms of you look at a platform, right? You can see a marketplace. The software tells you what the sales are that people are making, right? So straight away, the question of are people buying this thing is not existent. You can, if, unless you're a dumbass and go into something where nobody's buying stuff, you know that people are buying that stuff. Yeah. So the game is simple. Can you make a better one than what's there for a similar price? And that is business 101. Whether it's Amazon or whether it's you're starting a web marketing agency or a social media agency, you don't know the turnover. If you want to start a social media business, you don't know the turnover of your competitors' social media businesses. They might just be great on social media and look like they're worth a million dollars, but their business is shit. Whereas on Amazon, it's pure. You can see the sales of your competitors before you go in there. So then you go as an entrepreneur. Now, my job as an entrepreneur is to solve the problem in a different way. People are buying that thing because they have a problem, right? They're buying vitamin C serum for their face because they have wrinkles. So you, know, you look at the needs of the customer. You look at the action the customer is taking. You go, how can I do it better? And if you can do it better at a commercially viable price, then you will win right? So what I love about it is it gets people to just work on business 101 and see if you can win in a market going in. And then once you've figured out, yeah, I can win, then you build up a few products. And the other thing I love is you can then sell that little brand, just build up five products, 10 products, get it turning over a million dollars a year and making two or 300 grand a year profit and sell it for a million dollars or book do a quarter of what I just said, build it up so it's making 50 grand a year and sell it for 150 grand a year. Because if you do that as an entrepreneur, if you can make three grand a week profit on an online business and then sell it for two times earnings, which is, would be 300 grand, you would be, let's say you're 21 today and let's say you took you to 25. At the age of 25, if you could sell your first online business for 300 grand, who you become through that process will set you up to be a millionaire within a couple of years from that point. Right? Absolutely. Because you'll go into any room, you go to any seminar and say, hey, I'm 25. I just sold my first e-com business. Um, I put in 10 grand to start it. I sold it for 300 grand. Now I'm on to my next one. You'll have people wanting to invest with you. You'll be invited to be on podcasts. You'll be invited to be on stages to tell that story. And then all of a sudden people go, wow, this kid's like a superstar, right? And all it was, was he solved a problem at a product level. Then he did it a few more times, bolted those together. And then he completed his entrepreneur degree by selling the business, by building something of value that somebody else was prepared to scratch a six-figure check out for. And once you get your first six-figure check, right, from something you built, it forever changes you in here because you go, holy shit, I just got paid 300 grand or a million dollars in one check. And then you go, man, all at school, what is to work a whole year to get six figures over the course of the year. You get a million dollars in one hit. You can buy a place on the beach almost, you know? Yeah. So it changes you. If you just have that plan, you know, that's all it is. That's, um, yeah, that's amazing what you just said. Uh, it's not just you get into Amazon and, and there it is. You, you actually said something that was really interesting on business one-on-one. It's, uh, it's all about finding the market. Is that right? You're finding a hungry market and then you're selling the product according to that market we do the research first and then you go into that one and try and dominate is that correct correct mm. like a lot of smart people create problem uh, create solutions to problems that don't exist right so do you know what i mean by that that, that they, they they go and create a product that they think's amazing yeah but it's not really solving a problem that people are prepared to pay for right so clever entrepreneurs right? They, they solve problems that people have in a way that makes commercial sense. Like at Reliable Education, we sell courses that teach people how to sell on Amazon. So we have a, a whole entire world of people that hate their job, right? Yeah. They're sick of the deal. So we go, well, what if we could show you how to make the same money as your job, but you don't have to work in a job. You can be anywhere else. That's solving a problem for people and we just solve it better than most people in the world in regard to Amazon training. And as a result, we get rewarded for 
solving yeah. it better. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I remember you. You know, and yeah. we've committed our life to it. Last month, we, yeah, yeah, and that's it. We we solve it better than most people. Um, and you know, we looked at the market. There are lots of people selling Amazon courses around the world, but most of them are shit. Most of them are people just trying to grab money off people. They don't really care. They're not doing a great job. They haven't invested in infrastructure. But we've invested in a whole facility. We've got staff all over the world, you know, and as a result, we do tens of millions of dollars a year in sales of our programs because we're adding that much value to people. You know, our students have done $500 million in sales on Amazon. So we deserve yeah. to be compensated accordingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I love the way how you described uh, the Amazon business as well. When I was watching you on, uh, on stage, you were talking... <laughs> Like you pulled out a, um, a, a duck and that duck was, you, you can sell that duck for, you're making a few thousand from, from that one product. And I was thinking, hang on, like, people are actually buying this stuff, but you're actually innovating. You can actually innovate on selling that particular product. It's not just a, um, something special. It's just a, a random product that you can just sell so anyone can really get into it. Um, so anyone who is getting into it, like how, how much time do you really have to put into building this Amazon business is a lot of time. Can you do it, you know, after, after work or is it, um, is it, do you, would you consider full time that you should focus on this Amazon business or a few hours a day? Well, that's the other reason I love Amazon for entrepreneurs who are just starting out because you can't do it full time. It is literally a side hustle. You literally could not do it full time when you first start yeah. because you, for example, you've got to just do research to start with, to find a product that you want to sell. Once you've decided on a product, you've got to find a supplier. So you're right to maybe 10 Chinese or Vietnamese manufacturers in the morning before you go to work. Yeah. They're not going to answer you until later in the day. So you go and work and then later you come back and or the next morning, let's say you're dedicating one hour from six to seven every day, right? You'll go, oh, here's my responses from my Vietnamese manufacturers. I like that guy, that guy, and that girl. You order the samples that you work for that morning. You know, and then you wait. A week later, the samples come, right? And then, okay, so then you start again. So once you're live, it's different. You know, there's things to do every day, but it is a side hustle that has to be done just chipping away in the background, right? That's why I like software products as well because mm -hmm. you can build them part-time around whatever else it is that you're doing. Yeah. And um, people just don't utilize their time properly. I'm telling you now, quite they just don't. Man. Like, you look at Elon Musk. Look at this guy. He's building rockets. He's building tunnels. Yeah. Building solar panels. He's building cars. Um, I'm building three projects right now um, simultaneously, and I have group turnover in the tens of millions already in my business. Um, and I'm and I do speaking gigs and stuff. I just use my time well, you know, and I leverage. Like I outsource a lot of the work to, through Upwork and freelancer. You know, I get other other people to do it the job of an entrepreneur is to conduct the orchestra it's not to play one of the instruments mm, that's amazing um okay well we didn't talk about uh time management so we'll have a chat about that now so um as an entrepreneur you've got all these ideas you've got projects you're launching businesses and stuff how did you how do you block out your time to focus do you do, you do like two hours per day on this business and then switch over or is it just that uh, you chunk everything or what is it? How, how do you do this? <laughs> Cause I know that a lot of people listening to this, they, they want to, they got all these ideas. Okay. I'm going to get into Amazon. I'll, I'll spend a few hours on this one and then, um, you know, I'll work on my software or whatever it is. I, I think time management is crucial, isn't it? Quite. Look, most people, honestly, just, it's not time management as much as it is. They just are in neutral right or in reverse they just literally don't put the car into drive like i just went around the country right i went to three cities in australia and new zealand with grant and gary right yeah. i got on stage and showed that same stuffed penguin at every single event i even went and said this is what i would do if it was me i would hire a cartoonist on upwork or freelancer to draw me the world's cutest penguin right i would then get a stone and I would, I would get a little pouch put in the penguin with a stone saying, I love one, and they visually differentiated product for Amazon. And I showed you that the penguin does $10,000 a month. Not one person, I don't reckon, went home and went Upwork, Freelancer, and did it. Not one. Now, I could, well, I'm not kidding you. It is 10.36 a.m. right now. By 11 a.m., 
I could have three artists working on my penguin and I could have found five suppliers for that penguin in the next 23 minutes. I'm not kidding. In 23 minutes, I could do that, but nobody does it because they sit around going, oh, that's so good. When's the next podcast? I'm like, dude, do the work. I just showed you the pathway to do the work, but people don't do the work. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling to me. And that's one product. If you give me two hours, I could be started on five. Yeah. I'm not kidding. In oh. hours. But people go, oh, I don't have the time. I'm going, bullshit, you don't have the time. You are in neutral and you don't know where the gas pedal is, mate. You need a driving lesson. You don't need time management. It's, it's really hard for people to break out of this. It's really hard for people to just take all this action. And something happened to you, right? Like you were, yeah... That you were going through so much pain in, in your initial animation business, but then you were pushed against the wall, you and then you burned your bridges, right? Is 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 that what you rec recommend to do? You just have to really just at, at one point just have to push against push against the wall and then just just execute. Look, well, I think there's two types of people that I've observed over the years, right? So, um, so I'll go into them really quickly, and and I'll talk about what I think leads people to this situation. So mm. there are the first type, which are guys like me and girls like me, who for just some unknown reason are really driven early in life in their 20s. Now, it's not because I came from a bad home or because I was, I don't know, my two brothers are from the same parents in the same home, but don't have the same level of drive that I do. So I don't know that sort of inherent thing. What we see in our business as educators is our average students in their early 40s. So what happens in their early 40s is that they've just had kids a few years before yeah. and they're going, oh my God, kids are expensive. <laughs> and, and, um, and also, I want to provide a better life for my kid. So children, for a lot of complacent people, become their reason. Because a lot of people just can't do it for themselves. Right, so an overweight person might go, well, I'm single and I, I don't really care, right? It's just me, there's nobody, blah, blah, blah. But then they find the girl of their dreams or the guy of their dreams and they're like, I want to be with that person. Now they're like, I'm going to go and do this for them, right? A lot, it's just the way people work. People so often do more for someone else than they'll do for themselves. I, I don't get it, but that's how some people are wired. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me... I just think about my life. Like I watched Gary V in a video where a girl ran up to him and said, Gary, can you say something inspiring? And he said, sure, you're going to die. That's my inspiring <laughs> yeah. work. And people live as if they're going to live forever, right? Because they're robots and they just haven't had, they haven't thought, right? It's a miracle. We are, we're a ghost flying around in a meat suit on a rock flying through outer space for a moment in time. But what it, the odds are of us being here and we have infinite possibility in our life. Like we have this amazing planet that most people are going to die and not see any of um, because they were just so afraid the whole time instead of going, well, fuck it. Like I'm going to go for this. Yeah. I am going to go all in. I'm going to get up at four in the morning. I'm going to write down everything I want to do while I have breath in my lungs and a brain in my head. Yeah. And I'm going to just go on a, I'm going to go on an adventure and yeah. I'm going to go and try and squeeze all the juice out of this life. I'm going to read books, podcasts, I'm going to take action and I'm not going to be afraid to be hit in the face. And it's that hit in the face. It's that looking stupid um, thing that people, that stop people and, and, and they just don't want to lose face in front of their friends. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, that's for you to solve. I, I personally just think the worst thing in the world is to die with the music still in you. Do you, can, do you recommend for other people to think about their, their ultimate doom and then that would motivate them to, to start whatever they want to start? Yeah, I mean, I, I, meditation is about self-awareness and self-awareness is about the finite nature of the human experience. Yeah. Um, I, in some ways, my mother passed away when I was young and, um, and so I got, a, I got an early look at, you know, how short life can be. Um, and I, I just look at her when she passed away. I was like, she's way too young to be dying, right? Um, but she did. And, and, and oftentimes, 
you're losing somebody close to you is, a, is an absolute blessing in disguise because it wakes you up and goes, like everybody has dreams. Like you have dreams, Qua. There's things you want to do, but you're going to be battling against um, all these things that you were brought up with. I don't know about your parents, your parents' expectations. They want certain things for you. Um, I've got a few Asian friends and I know how full-on Asian parents are, right? Yeah. They're, they're like... A, yeah. They're a beast unto themselves, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and you, you, that's all your sort of programming that you have to deal with, right? But inside of there, and this is why those 4 a.m. sessions by candlelight are so good, is because that's when you're the closest to your spirit, right? Your little quiet voice that is screaming at you saying, dude, like, this is what I want to do. We all actually know this idea that we don't know is bullshit. We just haven't created enough space and truly listened for that voice. And if you truly listen through meditation and through early morning sunrises, and you just, the, the power of writing is that that voice will, will come out in the paper. Don't judge it, just let it write. Because mm. you'll then start to see it appearing onto these pieces of paper, you know, your highest and best self. Mm. And, um, and then you use this conscious brain to start moving you towards that instead of the conscious brain focusing on shitty questions and programming put in there by other people, you can then move that energy and attention over to your, your path and your journey. And ultimately, that will inspire your parents. And I would make the bet that on their deathbed, what they really just want for you is whatever your heart desires, whatever your soul desires on all levels, whether it be your spirituality, your sexuality, your business journey, whatever, that is what, what true love is. It is the is the acceptance of all of that. Mm, love that. Um, also, I think um, what, what, what goes into play is uh, you seem, you're, you're also very grateful to, to be alive as well. Uh, I, I heard you speaking on another podcast. Um, you went to Indonesia and you did some, um, some really good work over there, like, uh, like humanitarian work. Could you please uh, share us you know, what, what you did over there and, and your story behind that? I think that's really important. Yeah, look, that's a, um, a, a great pickup. Um, gratitude is, is so simple, so simple. Like, you know, just people want money because they think it's going to bring them happiness. And it will. Money does actually create choice, which can create ease in your life. But you can also create happiness through gratitude, just being deeply grateful for wherever you are right now. And one of the things I always talk about in my seminars and my webinars is to give like yesterday i went and got a sandwich there was two homeless people on the way i gave one girl a 20 dollar note then i went and bought my lunch and i gave the other guy what i had left in change mm. um not for them but to remind me of how blessed i am to do that so one of the things with reliable when we started the education business we started doing interest-free micro loans to entrepreneurs in third world countries so every course we sold we did a micro loan so free mm. interest free loan to help someone out of poverty now we've done nearly 10,000 of those loans in the market worldwide. And then we started doing this eye surgery work because I was on a flight between Singapore and LA and I watched this documentary on how for a few dollars, uh, people with a cataract can get those cataracts removed and little lens put in, they get their vision back. These are kids, these are adults, it's 4 million people in Indonesia suffering from a curable blindness. Mm. So I watched this doco and I rang my assistant and said, I want to go and do that work and I want to support that work and I want to take our students to that work. So we did our research. We found an organization uh, in Bali, which was founded by an Australian called John Fawcett. He passed away last year, unfortunately. Um, but um, we started sponsoring villages. So we would give them $15,000 is what it costs to sponsor an entire village. So about 3,000 people will come to this village and they'll get, the, there'll be two or three surgeons in two. They have two mobile eye surgery clinics, which are microsurgery eye surgery clinics. Okay. And, and um, so we were paying for entire villages. And then at our last event, uh, and we would take our students with us so they could, they could make a donation to JFF and come and experience it. At the last summit, we said to John Fawcett Foundation, what could we do to help you guys even more? And they said, well, we need another mobile eye surgery clinic. We've got two and they've been in service for 20 years. Yeah. We said, how much are they? And they're $265,000. So I said, all right, we're going to try and raise it. So we raised $180,000 from our students over the course of three days. And then my wow. business partner and I put in the extra hundred grand mm -hmm. to make up the check. 
And so we bought a mobile eye surgery clinic and we take delivery of that in October. So in four weeks time, um, we're handing that over to the Indonesian government. We're taking up 60 of our students who have each paid a thousand dollar donation to the John Fawcett Foundation to get a seat on the bus. Yep. And then my business partner and I pay for the air conditioned buses. We pay for all the hotel rooms and we pay for all the food for our 60 students that we're taking this time. Plus we're giving them a quarter of a million dollar eye surgery clinic. So we've done a lot in the area of charity and nothing brought us more joy and it's been a net positive for our brand. What about, what about the one piece of advice um, you would give to someone and um, in order to become successful, what would it be? Just simply educate yourself. So invest in yourself through education. I'm not just saying this because I sell courses. I'm saying this because it's what's changed my life. Mm. And, and I still pay big dollars for education, right? To be taught. Just, just last week, we hired a coach for our reliable education business in a particular area of our business. His retainer is $18,000 a month. And for that, we get two one hour phone calls a month, mm. right? <laughs> two hours a month for $18,000 wow. per month. So that's how, that's how highly we value education because what we can learn from that person in those two hours a month will make us millions. So invest in education, invest in the right people to help you, right? Second, invest in relationships. So once you're starting to develop yourself, start to find others on that wavelength and be the leader. So for example, say, hey guys, how about we meet once a month to look at our goals and share and we'll each read a book and we'll share our insights from that book. And then what will happen is you'll start getting this positive little posse of people yeah. that start meeting every month. And all of a sudden people want to be around positivity. So it grows and it grows and it grows. And all of a sudden there's people around you, right? Mm -hmm. And this is important because the million dollars that you're trying to get, guess where it is? It's in people. It's, yeah. It's in other people's pockets. Yeah. So if you don't have people around you, you'll never get rich, right? So you start to become the nexus of group creation, right? By bringing people to a positive environment. Now, I started doing this at 18. I was working in a vacuum cleaner shop in Brisbane and I started reading books and I got three mates and we met once a month at a coffee shop and we would all read Think and Grow Rich. And then the next month we'd all read you know, another book. And we would share our notes and I'm still friends with them to this day. And we're all millionaires, all of us. Millionaires. Um, so invest in those relationships. A few of us now have gone on to become DECA millionaires worth north of $10 million, right? So those relationships always be putting on little events and get togethers for positive people who are, have an intention of doing something great with their life. And don't be afraid to announce that is the purpose of this group. It is to support people who want to build businesses or do something great with their life. Could be just informal meetup once a month. I promise you, if you're doing personal development and you're hanging out with other people, the rest, the rest, the business ideas, the partnership, all of it will emerge from those two things. But if you are not doing personal growth and you're not meeting with other people on a similar path, mm. you're not going to make it. It's that simple. Wow. Incredible. So investing in, in in good relationships in people like-minded individuals and uh, put on events you mentioned put on like some informal events as well and, and to spread the positivity and to continually read books and you started this process at 18 and then eventually all these all these amazing things happen stem from like these these meetups right yeah um, look Claire, look at what you're doing mm. you're right you you said i want to be successful so you've started a podcast yeah now I can see there you're working in a little office at home. It's awesome, dude. The difference between you and other people is you're doing it. It costs you nothing to start, maybe a microphone and a computer, and then you start inviting people. Now, I understand you had Grant on the show. You've had yeah. me on the show. Look at the people, dude, that you have put in your life yeah. because you simply took one little step and said, I am a beacon for positivity. I want to help people. And I don't know anything about success. Maybe you do. I'm just saying you don't have to. I just want to give people a platform. And as a result, your network now is just insane, right? So if you come up with an amazing idea, you, you don't have to look too far to find people are going to give you money. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. you're a perfect example of what people should be doing. Again, again, right? It's like the, the, the penguins. 
it would take me literally, in, in, I reckon in 20 minutes, maybe an hour, I could learn how to do exactly what you're learning. I could Google how to start a podcast. I could go to Udemy and buy a course for 40 bucks to teach me how to start a podcast. I could come up with a name in about 20 minutes and I could invite my first guest tomorrow. Yeah. That's literally how fast it can happen, mm. right? And, and, I, and, and, and nobody does it. They yeah, just no. don't do it. Because you know what? Why do you think that is anyway? Why people don't do, do those type of things? Because their goals are not written down. They're in neutral as a result of their goals. Not, there's not, they're not shooting at anything. They don't need to put the car in drive because they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're not, they haven't bought into their own goals. Yeah. If you have goals and you go, I'm broke, my goals require money, how serious am I about the goals? Well, I'm serious. Now the car's in drive and you've got to steer it. But most people have not even written their goals down. No, seriously, right? Next time I do an interview with you, I want to see your goals. I want you to be able to hold them up on camera and say, there's my goal. Because <laughs> I'll call bullshit on it, right? You've got to actually have the goals written down. It's 101. It is in Think and Grow Rich. Have them in your pocket. Carry them around. That's put in the car and drive. And most people are just not in drive. They're in neutral. But at some point, you were in drive and you went, I've got goals. I want to get around better people. I'm going to start a podcast. And you did. Mm. And now you have this incredible asset. If you stick at this cloud for another five years, yeah. the people in your Rolodex are going to be insane. And, and you're going to do whatever you want. That's awesome. Adam? Just, uh, one, one thing before yeah, you yeah, close, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for Because I know you probably, you probably got young people like yourself listening to this, right? Yeah, yeah. I just want to point out how freaking amazing, again, like in, in my day, right? I used to listen to Tony Robbins on a cassette, right? Yeah. And, and, I'd stick it in and that was it. And then he'd come to Australia once a year, right? Yeah. On, a commercial, on a commercial airplane. Now you have just had a guy worth hundreds of millions of dollars on your podcast called Grant Cardone. Yeah. And it pro- yeah. you know, probably wasn't that hard to do it. You, you was actually not. <laughs> it was a bit tricky. <laughs> tricky, but let's, let's quantify hard, right? Yeah. What's really hard in life, right? Did you break any fingernails doing it? Did you have to work for months and months in that horrible environment, right? It was a bit tricky, a bit tricky to get to a guy worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Mate, you live, and the young people listening to this, live in the most extraordinary time. There is absolutely 0% chance that I would have been able to do what you just did with Grant Cardone. And it was a bit tricky, admittedly, but it was literally impossible for me back when I was your age, the opportunities you guys can make for yourselves now are just extraordinary. You've just got to create highly, highly compelling goals, which will put you into drive and then take action. Incredible. Thanks a lot for that, Adam. I really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, this podcast is, um, yeah, it's extremely motivating. I I can feel your energy, your passion. And um, yeah, we got to see another side of you as well, the spiritual side. And um, yeah, really. You know, I just want to say I'm really honoured to interview you and and um, for you to share your time with us. And yeah, and, and I wish you all the best for your future endeavours. And yeah, hope to see you soon. Um, you know, around the world, travelling. Any any other big moves you're you're planning? Any? No, mate. I'm just uh, just building the business and um, waking up every day happy. And um, I appreciate you having me on the show. Let me know when it drops, and I'll uh, I'll push it down that social. Oh, beautiful. Thanks a lot for that. I really appreciate it. I'll just stop. Stay quiet. Yeah. Cheers.